Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, so last night was one of the worst nights I've ever had. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, it was great. Finally fell asleep. I've had a pain in my side for two days. I don't know what's going on. I've never had kidney stones. So I hope to God that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. But I finally fell asleep. And at 1230, Angel woke me up because she had to go to the bathroom, which normally she will sleep through the night. I get up, I let her out of the bathroom. And of course, my stupid neighbor behind me at 1230 at night is up smoking a cigar, aka probably crack. His freaking dog is out there. And of course, the dog starts going crazy, attacking the fence, barking at Angel. Angel freaks out, starts barking back. That causes Boo to jump out of the bed and go running to see what's happening and does she need to give Angel back up? It just all kind of sucks. Finally get back in bed, go back to sleep and at 2.30, Boo gets up that he has to go out and go to the bathroom, even though I made him go out at 10.30 or 12.30, whatever time it was. He's out there going to the bathroom he's taking forever and he's hanging out by the air conditioning unit and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Get back in here. I need to go back to sleep. I'm exhausted. I'm calling him, calling him and all of a sudden a fucking rat comes running yes comes running out from underneath my air conditioning unit right by my sliding glass door I'm standing at yelling at him at he's almost as big as boo and then I'm, I'm really freaking out going don't touch it what the hell are you doing? So remember what I told you that Jeff needs to come over? He needs to get the fuck over here. Yeah, that's gross. Okay. So now I'm I'll like, remind him. Yeah, please. I need to know right away because what if this thing is in my attic? I haven't heard it since, but you never know. Chewing through wires that I just had all restored when I bought this house. Need to make sure everything's okay and we're not going to have a fire now. All right. Yeah, that's gross. Ugh, wildlife. Yeah, what the hell? It's like I have nothing they can eat outside. What is it? Why is it here? It's disgusting. I was Maybe gonna... it was just traveling through to the neighbor's yard or something. Yeah, I don't think so. So I was going to text you this morning and say... I've put my house back on the market and have decided to move into a 60-story condominium complex so I can get away from the creatures that are living in the backyard. No more lizards! Lizard! Oh my god, yeah. I was like yelling out (laughs) lizard yesterday because I was walking through the garden. They scare the crap out of me. And then I was pulling weeds and I had a board on the ground in between on the fence where the dog behind me is constantly annoying my dogs because there's a little gap there, the board falls over, and there's a freaking gigantic lizard 
attached to the backside of the board, just staring at me like, what the fuck are you doing? Exposing my house to the sunlight. Rude. <laughs> yeah, rude. I'm all, lizard! It's absolutely horrible. Yeah, so all the more reason to not garden. Too much wildlife. I'm not loving life right now. <laughs> but <laughs> not, I not, think that does have a lot to do with you gardening again. What do you mean? Well, I don't know. You're. Uh, I'm just going to relate the two because gardening would make me miserable. And if you're not living life right now, I blame it on the garden and the work yep. that you're doing and the lizards you're seeing. One of my friends was over yesterday and I was saying how I am filled up the whole recycling gardening bin because there's so many weeds. And she goes, can't your daughter come over and help you? And I laugh so loud and hard and long. Yeah, no, I don't like it. I could be buried under a pile of weeds and my daughter would not come pull them off of me so that I could survive. She would just say, oh, well, she had a good run. That's her happy place. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Underneath weeds is not my happy place. Yeah, I was scaling that retaining wall I put in yesterday because the weeds are growing between the fence and the retaining wall. I'm oh scaling God. it on the sides of my feet like a mountain just, goat. Oh my God. Just spray some kills or whatever. No! no. Oh so that God. I can pull these things out. So I proceeded to almost slitting my wrists on the stone that was installed on the retaining wall while I'm trying to yank these gigantic weeds out before my friend showed over. thought nobody will think this is an accident if I slit an artery and bleed out. <laughs> on the sidewalk next to the yes. garden. Yeah. Yes, on the side of my house in the middle of the street. You'll be all, oh, she disguised this really well, but I know. I know she did <laughs> it on purpose. <laughs> We'll just m pretend like we're mourning her and then go on with our lives. All right. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. That's my life. Okay. Now we're doing this podcast because we yes. are, no matter what the hell rains down on our lives, we're here. Yes. We are professionals. <laughs> <laughs> we're pro crazy. I don't know about professionals. <laughs> yeah. That too. Hmm. All right, so uh, we are starting again where we left off uh, with our book, By the Moon We Fall, a reading warrior novel, and I cut off the author's name. So her name is Ashton Abbott. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're starting at not quite the halfway point because as we established last time, math is not my subject apparently and so we're starting at chapter 22 for part two okay episode and so if anybody's tuning in and they have not listened to part one turn back now yeah start at part one yeah i'm gonna have you start do you remember any of this book since you've read a library full of books between when you finish this book and now I do. And I honestly don't know how good my notes are going to be for this one, though. So for the rest of the book, I kind of feel like maybe I didn't do a good job on my notes for the other second half. But we'll see. I'm just saying as your mother, this is becoming a habit. I got to tell you, you need to reel yourself back in from your reading time. Do something else. Your brain needs a break. Do your notes. Do some embroidery. I think we need to do a quick recap. I'll do the quick recap, okay? Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it's just thinking you're not going to... You won't be able to do this. <laughs> well, fuck. yeah, fuck. Failed right out the gate. <laughs> yeah. 
how sad is it that I am 65 and a half? I'm not saying I'm going to be a good, do a good job. My memories failed so badly that I think I can do a recap. So that just tells you. Okay. So where we left off, we had left our heroine, Adeline, who is a necromancer and she is falling in love or has fallen in love with William, who's a werewolf shifter. And they are joining other factions. They are joining the vampires and they are joining, what was that girl's name that I, hold on, I had her name right here. Celeste, who is a mystery old soul that we don't know a lot about. Roxana, who's a vampire, to fight Babd. I don't even know how to say this word. How do you have a B at the end of the word bad? Bad B? Yeah, I say Babd also. Well, that's wrong. So, But it's B-A-D-B, right? Yes. So, yeah, maybe I don't freaking care. Oh I'm my saying god. It wrong. What a nice attitude. Okay. So, <laughs> see what I see what I have to deal with. And if I'm saying it wrong, then I said it wrong the whole yeah, the I know. last episode too. Well, Tarav will have another good laugh at our expense because she seems to thrive <laughs> on that. Bad B is <laughs> the Morgan, which is maybe she's a bad bitch. Yeah. So it's <laughs> yes. I'm like, did they make a typo through this entire book? But I'm thinking not. So all these factions are trying to stop her because she is has her own army and she is trying to find her quote unquote sisters, which is really her that has been split into three parts. And they together form what's called the Morgan, which is going to destroy the entire world. So their hope for to stop her is Adeline, who is now such a powerful necromancer that she calls herself the queen of the dead. And she has a future to fulfill. And hopefully it's stopping this bitch. How's that? Better than I could have done. Yeah, I doubt it. But okay, go ahead. Okay, so if we start off in chapter 22, at this point, uh, William is meeting with Connell because he's trying to figure out what the hell is going on with Sebastian. Mm-hmm. And Connell is the alpha of the Raiden warrior Garapak, and he also has some seer abilities, which sound pretty cool, actually. Yeah, he has a ruin etched in his left eye. Oh, sounded horrible. It did sound horrible, but also really cool. And he has magic mm-hmm. running in his veins. Yeah, he's a mystery that I wouldn't mind getting to know a little <laughs> yeah. more about. Yeah, I wouldn't mind exploring him a little more to find out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I volunteer. So Connell says that he trusts William's judgment when it comes to Adeline. And so this chapter actually ends with William destroying that bracelet he has that was the magical handcuff to keep Adeline's powers bound. So then everyone meets up again. I made a note. I did all my notes on this end of the book. I'm still a little unclear as to why Sebastian was in his cell to begin with. I was going to ask you that because I went over my notes this morning when I was waiting earlier to start this with you. And I was like, I still don't see a note in here or any kind of highlight I did about why maybe in another book she explains it. I don't know. It must be because I even did a word search by using his name. Mm -hmm. 
And the most that I can really figure out is that Sebastian was working with Celeste to find an ancient relic. And then once he was in that cell, he was actually wanting to stay in the cell. Gira actually have to force him out of the cell in order to do the exchange that they were supposed to do. Yeah, what kind of a, why would he want to stay in the cell? That's all kind of, what's wrong with him? Uh, yeah, I don't know. They had to like rough him up too, because they're like, we only did this because he didn't want to come out. He was perfectly happy where he was. Yeah, but they don't, so, they don't say why. Yeah, so it's got to be a different story somewhere. The reason that William takes off that bracelet that has bound Adeline's powers is because Adeline is outside battling Bab Babby. I'm going to laugh every time I say that name now. Okay. So he just happens to have this conversation with Connell and he tosses the bracelet in the fire and destroys it. And instantly she's not bound anymore. She has powers. They walk outside and they're, they're freaked out when they see all of these rats that are um, circling her and see how, how much power she has facing this woman. And she says to Babby, I am the queen of the dead. I liked how Adeline's powers become unbound and she's still super pissed about it and she doesn't immediately forgive him in the book. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I had a couple highlights from when this happens. Uh, she thinks, Fury threatens to engulf me as I think of how he's played me. He has lied the entire time we've known each other, pretending to be my guardian, when in reality, he had been my jailer. And then she also thinks that he made the decision not to trust me from the beginning, to not even give me a chance. Maeve had sworn to me he had done it to protect his pack and his feelings for me are genuine. On some level, I can understand his need to protect his loved ones. Yeah, I don't understand how she can't understand that. It's like, he doesn't know her from Adam. All he knows is she smelled like death and came crawling out of the ground. He's trying to protect his pack. He doesn't know her. And I felt bad for him because he did try to tell her a couple of times. And every time he tried to tell her, they were attacked by another kind of God knows what mythical creature that was going to kill them. They really were, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she's mostly pissed because bad shit keeps happening to her and this is her chance to actually have the magic to fight against it and stop being powerless. Well, right. But protect he took herself. That away from her. Yeah, protect herself. Bad B appears mm -hmm. and tries to lure Adeline away. She almost falls for it, but she manages to break the spell in time and then Bad B leaves. And I think think that's when she proclaims like i'm the queen of the dead or something right, right yes okay and then there's a little bit of groundwork laid for torsten and a witch i didn't put anything down for that just kind of keep that in mind that's something for another book in this series uh -huh. and um adeline is still pissed off at william for quite a few chapters at this point she starts making a couple witchy friends there's rhiannon josephine Aisling and Everly. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that there's a traitor among the group and they're trying to figure out who the rat is. Um, they do discover that it's a guy named Nero and he has been leaking information to the Vromic. Yeah. 
And he is, so, he's a vampire, right? Yes. They were able to figure this out because A's link was actually undercover. And she was the one that figured out who the rat was. And they do kill him. But then there's like yet another side adventure. And they need to find something called the Hand of Glory. Yeah. This is all kinds of creepy. Yeah. There's a lot of like side things that start happening here. Even more so, I feel like, than in the first portion of the book. Adeline ends up talking to a ghost named Merrick. <laughs> he has a grimoire. He was a warlock, right? So he's yeah. got a grimoire he can give to Adeline. He says he will tell her the location of it. All he wants in exchange is to be resurrected after she masters her necromancer abilities because he wants to like meet up with his wife or something, even though he's like a ghost from like the 50s. So. Yeah, he still, yeah, he still loves whoever this woman was in his life. So then my note here is it's yet another side quest yeah. now because she has to get this fucking book. Mm -hmm. And they have um, to go then, to find the hand of glory. Yeah. So now we got to find the book, got to find the hand of glory. And they have to go deal with that water horse and the werewolf situation. Yeah. They need the hand of glory to free a werewolf female shifter named Vanya McFarlane. This was the most horrifying. We haven't talked about her, but she, this was terrifying to me. And I think we should address it. Okay. This is the story that I didn't mention last time because it's that. Well, we can say it in that, three words. That other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Go she's ahead. She's immortal. She can't die. She's buried in an iron maiden and dumped under the sea. And her lover or her, whoever she's bonded to has had to watch her redrowning and screaming over and over again. And this was exactly like that movie we discussed with Treb. I was just going to say that. Yes, the old guard. The old guard, because that's what happened to her. And I was like, that was the first time I had ever seen that happen to somebody. I was horrified and had nightmares for days. And then all of a sudden I'm reading this book and it happens again. And I'm like, what is this? The new form of torture? I think so, yes. I can't. Sounds horrible. Yeah, I can't even imagine what's, what's going on. And of course you're going to come out of that insane. Yes. Now I would pray for insanity if it were me. I would hope that I would snap the first time I drowned so that I wouldn't know what was going on for the rest of eternity. Okay. I agree. So the hand of glory is going to unlock the lock that has her in this box at the bottom of the sea. So they do deal with that situation. And then at some point, Babd appears again and she stabs William. Adeline gets taken away from that situation by Aisling. And then in that fight, Rhiannon does end up dying. And Torsten is devastated. This, like I mentioned before, the witch situation that Torsten has, which is a lead up to another story in the series. Mm -hmm. Adeline is able to get that necromancer's grimoire. She can bring somebody back, but she realizes from reading the book that there are consequences and prices to pay. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of back and forth that ends up happening as she's trying to decide what to do. She doesn't immediately run off to do the spell because it she is not sure of the consequences, which I kind of liked because I feel like there was some good back and forth about good versus evil and yes. her worrying about the fact that she would do something bad yes. because of her necro or like dark magic abilities. Yeah, she's concerned she's going to go over to the dark side and she's like, I have to stay good. And William has called her the light, right? William has, they have 
said there's a lot of good in you and he tells her i trust you i know that you're not going to go over to the dark side because you have a good heart you always have yes she cares about her family that she has she cares about her friends she might be doing some sort of bad things but she has the right reasons mm -hmm. sort of yeah. reassurances he gives her mm -hmm. okay so now my next note is we have kitchen foreplay and pantry oh oral. my god when i read this i was laughing so hard because of you this is your biggest nightmare so they end up fooling around in the kitchen and she's on the counter <sighs> But then somebody, of course, comes in there because they want to eat because it's a fucking kitchen. Yes. They go into the pantry, which, by the way, sounds like the biggest pantry in the world. It even had like a bench in there. I didn't mind it. I thought the scene was pretty good. But the talking was weird because it's almost like they're from the 1800s. At this point, he ends up saying one of the things I highlighted was, I'm going to spend Adeline right on your talented oh, tongue. Yes. I'm like, maybe because he's hundreds of years old, but this still kind of threw yes, me. Yes, me too. I was like, what the fuck are you spend? Yeah, I highlighted that too. That's all we get really for well, now. Well, hold, hold your horses. We talked about your big pet peeve. Let's talk about mine. Okay. While they are in this walk-in pantry and he's getting ready to have sex with her, it says in the book, and this creeped me out, when he has his hands in her, he's like, or is Dick going in her? He says, I felt evidence of her virginity and it made me hesitate, zazedly wondering if I should slow down. And my note is, oh no, not another fucking virgin trope. Sure is. Yeah, sure is. <laughs> not only, it's a double whammy. <laughs> Sex on, uh, unsanitary, that's unsanitary and a virgin. I guess because all like 20 years old, right? When she died, but she had spent most of her time before that on the run. So there maybe wasn't a lot of time for her to whore it I'm up. sorry. There's always time to break that barrier. <laughs> there is always a moment to play that virginity card. That I didn't really mind it, but I did mind it where they do finally have sex at the 70% mark of the book. Yeah, so they don't have sex. This is another thing that I highlighted. When they walk out of the pantry, you know, she's ready. She thinks to herself, well, I'm, I'm going to prepare myself to play my V card. And then it says, I walk through the house reeking of sex. And I highlighted, how do you walk through the house reeking of sex if you didn't have sex? Maybe they just mean like pheromones. I don't know. Oh, all right. I took it literally. Yeah, because at, oh, yeah, I think at this point, it's just they can, you know how they're like, Ugh, I can smell your arousal, that yes. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's something like that she's talking about. Mm. All right. The next few chapters cover a couple weeks in the timeline, and it's them planning on how to next confront Bad B, but then they also are messing around with each other, but it's all off page, so we don't get to see anything else until we get to chapter 40 when they finally have sex, like I said, at the 70% mark. What chapter is that in? And where, where are you? 40. Oh, all right. I have this down as a we're gonna die soon fuck fest <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically like we we're almost at the point where we need to start fighting her again so let's just go ahead and do mm -hmm. it the sex was fine but there was a couple gross wording instances where i had to notate them where it's mentioned that she has a 
I can't even say it without gagging, virgin sheath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And she references, or he references, her maiden. Yes! But I'm just like, are they all 700 years old? I know he might be, but she definitely isn't. Who the fuck thinks maidenhead? It was so weird. Well, that's why that night I text you. Did you laugh out loud? I'm like, maidenhead? Who the hell says maidenhead anymore? Yes. I haven't heard that since... 1742 jesus okay so they do end up having sex one time on the page and then it is referenced in the next chapter that they had three more tumbles in the hay but those are all off the page Mm -hmm. my note is that i don't need every scene to be super explicit but after i was waiting until the 70 (laughs) percent mark for some trick to happen i would have liked more detail not if they're talking maiden ham and head and virgin sheath i could pass it Uh, yeah true (laughs) Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. It's awful. Okay, so then in the next chapter, they end up having a battle. Another battle. They have a lot yes. of battles between now and the end. This was my note. The note is from one of the fight scenes. I stick my gloved hand into the vamp's mouth. In one swift movement, I tear off the top of the vampire's head from his body. Uh Stepping back as the limbs twitch from death throes in a lake of blood. I look over to find Dorian battling it out with three berserkers. Two have already reached a rage state and one is just about there. My note here is not my poor berserker babies. I know. (laughs) we love a berserker i know Uh, i was like oh not them yes then a lot of shit like freaking happens at this point but she's finally this is the part i liked where she's able to she's gonna call the dead to be part of her army and she she's talking about pulling their the threads and getting them to rise and switch sides Mm -hmm. from the enemy's army now they're under her command i liked it too so my kind of preface to this portion going forward is i don't know how much my notes are going to make sense because so much shit happens as you're reading it it makes sense but for the sake of condensing this and Mm -hmm. talking about what happens it's gonna sound like a lot of random shit Mm -hmm. but it actually kind of works in the book if you actually read the story they find an angel while they are fighting a battle the angel ends up dying but she is able to mention that they should Seek the angel Zadkiel. He will help you secure the goddess and destroy the others. I'm like, fuck. Yet yet another another person. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. Matcha is free at some point. Adeline is able to resurrect Rhiannon. But Cupid, this motherfucker, he appears and he takes the love away from Rhiannon that she felt for Adeline and Torsten. That was sad. Now, it was sad. Now she doesn't remember them at all. This is all set up for the next book in the series. And this is the mysterious price that she had to pay for doing the resurrection. But I did I did think when I read that, if you really love somebody, even though he was devastated and starts to crumble because this is happening, if you really love somebody and you would be like, as long as she is alive again, I am willing to pay the price to not have her love as long as she's okay. But I'm not saying I would ever be that. What's the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for? Pragmatic. Selfless. Selfless. Yes, yeah. I'm a selfish bitch. I will admit it right now. I'd be like, what? <laughs> she doesn't remember me. Kill her. No, I'm kidding. 
I'm kidding. <laughs> it was kind of a twist because she knew that she would have to pay a personal yeah. price, but because they affects her and Torsten, it's like a double whammy. And she even tries to tell Cupid, like, just yes. have it affect me. Because Rhiannon doesn't remember either of them at all. Yeah, sad. So, yeah, Cupid's like, nope, this is how it's going to be. She, and she does remember everybody else, but she just doesn't remember the two of right. them. Uh, I did like how William consoles Adeline after this situation because she feels like a failure. My highlight was... Listen to me, Addie. You can't let what happened tonight make you shut out your powers. Tonight scared you. That's a good thing. It shows that you are a good fucking person. Yeah, he's reassuring her again that she's not capable of going to the dark side. Mm -hmm. He keeps her pretty grounded and everything. I liked it. Mm -hmm. Then my, my next note is lots more shit happens that I don't want to recap. But oh my fucking god, that ending. <laughs> I'm scrolling to the end of my notes to, sorry, the, are you talking about the epilogue? No, not the epilogue. It's right, I don't I don't have notes based in, by chapter at this point. This is when William sneaks off for the battle with Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so William ends up going off to the battle because I think one of the seers had told him that if he goes to the fight without Adeline, then she has a chance of actually living or the battle will actually be won. Right. Basically, he has to sacrifice himself because they also said, you're going to die in this battle, but everyone else will live. Yes. And they will win. So he goes willingly. She doesn't know about any of this. This is the example of the selfless act of love. This is also, also an author who has absolutely no problem killing off fucking characters <laughs> left and right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> the Morgan kills him. Yes. Oh, Matcha does. Yes. Part. Yeah, yeah. She's one of the people from there. I, my highlight was in the space of a heartbeat, Matcha grasps the scruff of William's neck and separates his head from his body. His wolf fades, giving up his skin oh, in death. Oh, and Adeline sees it, right? Yes, because then she turns into like a fucking killing machine. Yeah, she, she should be the berserker. My note is she turns into an awesome killing yeah, machine. Yeah, I agree. She is a badass and I like it. When she comes into her own, I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she, she does kill the Morrigan. And my note is not only have I taken the power of the Morrigan soul, the goddess gifted me with her godhood. Yes. Whoa. And she is, of course, still in this kind of rage state. And she's really tempted to go to the dark side and really pull on all of these souls and all of these things and just really wipe everybody out. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't. She does pull herself in from annihilating everything around her. And because she's able to do that, she does get a reward. Yeah. She hears from somewhere, it's like a spirit or something is telling her, Queen of the Dead chose light this day. She showed mercy to the ones who lost their way. Her praises we shall always sing, and now we gift her the soul of her king. Mm -hmm. And so then she starts screaming, somebody give me a knife. It's like uh, Moonstruck, bring me the big yeah. knife! God, I, my favorite movie in the whole world. 
<laughs> oh my god yeah yeah so she grabs a knife from somebody slashes her palm uses her blood and she is able to resurrect him right there on the battlefield yeah and this author is pretty gruesome because it's like first someone picks up his head and puts it by his body colin and, yes. and then while she's dripping her blood into his mouth it says i send my magic pulsing through his body over and over again his neck knits back together i fall back as it's really graphic. yes i fall back as he jumps to his feet above me mm -hmm. oh yeah so that's how the book ends but then we do have an epilogue i love this epilogue because i forgot all about merrick i liked the epilogue because it was short and kind of silly yeah. where everything to it was really fucking gruesome the epilogue is just her bringing him back to life and then as soon as she's done she's like okay bye merrick nice knowing you and she like runs off with william to, to finally have, have sex. yes copious amounts of sex yes <laughs> and that my sweethearts is how the book ends yes it is so you go first. Tell me what you thought. I, again, I said it in the first half. I really loved this book. And I think I gave it four and a half. I don't even remember because that was a week ago. I thought it was really good. I like this author a lot. I, I'm going to be reading other books in the series and other books from this author. What about you? I think I would give it about the same. I would probably give it four and a half panties but not really well oh, because right. there wasn't really much for sexy times and the wording kind of threw me when we did get there <laughs> the maiden <laughs> aka maidenhead but i did like it and she does do a really good job of having all those interesting side characters that you want to know more about and yeah I, I don't think i could name a character in this book that i wouldn't want to know their side story about vincere sounded cool celeste well oh that's the thing uh, i was gonna say we didn't and we won't say it comes out who celeste is and that was mm. mind-blowing to me but yes i was thinking the same thing i liked every one of these characters they were all very interesting yeah so this was good it was i mean dark but it was good highly recommend what are you up to or what are you reading lately or all the things uh i am reading you're gonna be absolutely shocked when i tell you what i'm reading <laughs> i finished i think i told you i finished the ruby dixon book oh no you didn't tell oh, me was it good it was good i certainly didn't see things coming that came out in that book but she ended up introducing a lot more characters so she can just keep writing the series which is fine with me I also finished book two of uh, T.S. Joyce's uh, Beck Bear, which is book two in the Daughters of the Beast series. And I downloaded Novak Grizzly, which is, oh no, I downloaded the third book, which is Ash Bear. Hot, hot guy on the cover. If for no other reason, you should look at this cover okay. and she has a funny little comment in you know how she puts in her thing who the cover model is and who designed the cover there's a little uh -huh. quick, quick note to johnny james in there um but yes it's i like it so far and that is book three in the series so i did okay is he on the cover no oh but the note is to him in the, the book. note Yes, the note is to him. Okay. And then I started I reading our next book. Okay. Um, 
And I realized last night when I was reading, I forgot to highlight stuff. I just was reading, 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 reading. And I was like, holy shit. I <laughs> I just was reading. So you may have to send me your notes. I can do that. What about you? What are what haven't you read since the last time I talked to you? So I actually read book two in that Sarah Ivy Hill oh, book series yes, that we did. I want to read that. So I'm going to make a note. Was it good? So what did you these, think? I thought it was okay. So it was the Salt Planet Giants series. Mm -hmm. And we had done book one for the podcast, The Mountain's Mate. Book two recently came out. Book two is The Ballast's Bride. Uh -huh. um, it was okay. I gave it three stars. Okay. You like the first one and better? I did, actually. Okay. And so I read that. I read a couple T.S. Joyce books that weren't really doing it for me. What? I know. What were they? I was just Kong. I read his book. Okay. I thought it was okay. And then I read Damon's book and I was like, that's just okay. And so I was like, this is just a me thing. I can tell when it's just a me thing. I'm like, normally I would love these and I just wasn't feeling it. Mm, okay. I switched to some other stuff. So then I read the the book we're going to do next, which is Tribe of Midnight by Iris Knox. Yeah, I am 64% through in that book. And I think 60% of it, I forgot <laughs> <laughs> it's like something's a little off here i'm not sure what it is but i'm like oh, oh god oh i will tell you the um damon's book was not one of my favorite books i think also too this is totally unrelated to the story itself i did not like the cover i didn't like the cover model i was like this is not what he looks like Get in out of mind. here that's what made you god no it's not what made me oh, like right. dislike it. Okay. Just from the get go, I was like, this kid's like 22. Like Damon in the stories, he has salt and pepper hair. Mm. Like he's starting to get some gray. Yeah. He's more mature. So it just wasn't how I was picturing it. And then I read it and I just wasn't, wasn't really feeling it. I think because she goes from like, absolutely not. I'm going to go back where I came from. And then literally the next morning, she's like, okay, I'm going to stay and I will do this with you. Mm -hmm. I was like, what was that was too fast for me, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can't I read that so many books ago that I can't remember what it was for me. I, maybe I didn't think it was as exciting or as passionate as the other books. But that's fine. I mean, what was that one book out of 150? Yeah, I mean, it was still okay. It just wasn't yeah. like my favorite. So mm -hmm. So what, yeah, so what else are you reading? It's got, there's got to be more than that. Well, no, because all the other stuff on my list that I'm going to start soon is all the stuff that we talked about that we're going to do for the podcast. I actually don't have anything lined up to read next. Oh, shocking. Other than the other things that we mentioned or that we decided, I should say, that we're going to do on the podcast. So I need to find some other random books to read in between. You're not. Or I can work on my freaking embroidery yes. like I need to be doing. Yes, please. I'm begging <laughs> you to take a break, get back into your embroidery because, I, oh my God, I forgot to tell you things. So yesterday I went to my crochet class and I was talking to Emma who sits next to me and 99% of the time that you're in there it's all older women and most of them are deaf right but because I'm trying to keep my voice down I'm talking to Emma everybody hears what I'm saying and I was telling her she was asking me how the podcast was going and what I was reading or whatever and I said yeah I talked to my daughter the other day and my daughter 
said she read 20 books last month. And a woman across the table and down a ways goes, 20 books? Your daughter is addicted to reading. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, she is. You know, <laughs> she could be addicted to heroin. So reading, yeah, oh my God, that's whatever. It's fine that she likes to read so much. But I really think you need to take a book, a break and go for a walk around the block. I think that was a Friday flip there when you said take a yes <laughs> absolutely it was i'm just gonna i'm gonna go with the no. it was actually it was 18 books last oh month. i'm so sorry so i yeah i'm already doing better than you yes got. you are so and then the other thing i was saying to emma that i didn't think you know people want to hear when you lower your voice so you should just talk in a normal tone of voice i was telling emma how on Friday, I am going to have a tattoo fix that I had done on my hip in 2016. Rachel's going with me. I'm terrified it's going to hurt like a bitch. And I'm hoping I won't sound like a sniveling baby while I'm having it touched up. And everybody freaks out. I swear these women live vicariously through me. I'm like the youngest person in the group at 60, almost 66. And they're like, you have a tattoo? Where is it? What's it of? Blah, blah, blah. So, of course, because I speak without thinking, I go, well, do you want to see it? <laughs> I go, it's on my hip. Do you want to see it? They're like, yes, yes, we want to see it. So, of course, I have to pull my pants, you know, down on the side so they can see my tech. So, we're like in a cordoned off room, but it's all windows. It's all windows. And there's a bus stop right outside. Oh, God. <laughs> Right outside the window. And I get to this lady. Her name is Rosie. I love her. She comes every week. She's 92 years old. She is always dressed to the nines. She, her makeup is done. Her hair is always done. This woman reminds me so much of my mother, who was always impeccably clothed and ready to go. And I walk by her and I go, Rosie, do you want to see it? And she looks at me and she starts laughing. She goes, yes, actually, I really do want to see it. So I'm like, I'm showing Rosie and Rosie sits at the end of the table, which is directly across from the bus stop. So I'm showing her my tattoo and this woman goes, I don't know if you know it or not, but we need to be careful because the bus stop is dropping off people and they're going to think, what are we doing? We're all looking at your ass. <laughs> I'm all, it's not on my ass. It's on my hip on the side so anyway it was funny so i was leaving and i go are you all gonna want to see how it turns out after i get it done and all at once all of them are like yes yes of course we want to see Aww. how it turns out it's really kind of funny that is funny yeah i was telling my co-worker yesterday oh yeah i'm only working half a day <laughs> on right friday because my mom's getting a tattoo actually and she asked me to go with her oh so. god <laughs> Yes, that's funny. Yeah. Bring your yeah. drawing that you did of your logo. I have everything. Okay, good. So All right. And I'm going to corner her while she's tattooing no, you're you gonna, and ask please her. Please wait till after. Just don't piss her off while she's got that needle poised over my body. Yeah, I know. Jeff is like, are you going to get a tattoo? And I was like, I freaking wish. 
Like, I want some, but... What is, why? <laughs> why is Jeff asking you that? Does he want you to get another tattoo, or...? Oh, he doesn't care. I think he was just, oh, like... all right. Because I he knows that I want to get that one, that, you know, the book one. Yeah. I think he's like, is this actually an appointment for just your mom, or is this actually an appointment <laughs> for both of you? And I'm like, no, this is actually an appointment just for her. Oh, yeah. I was explaining to the ladies yesterday how you have that big one on the inside of your forearm of the Celtic knot with the girls birthstone colors in it for motherhood. Uh -huh. Yeah. And they thought that was really cool. I'm, I'm turning these ladies on to a whole side of life that they didn't even know was out there or that they never thought they would have a occasion to associate with. Yeah. Life is short. Just get that tattoo. Just, Just do, do it. it. Ladies. Oh, Rosie said to me, she goes, aren't you afraid that it's going to hurt? I said, Oh, Rosie, it's going to hurt so bad. I felt like I was being branded <laughs> when they originally did it. She goes, yeah. why would you do it then? I don't understand. Why would you do it? And I go, because Rosie life is pain. <laughs> and she started laughing. That is, she's funny. very sweet. Okay. There he goes. <laughs> I swear to God, that is uncanny how he knows when we're ending the podcast. It's weird. Maybe he can hear you, even though it's through the headphones. I don't freaking know. All right. We'll go with that. All, All right. right. Okay. Don't forget to talk to Jeff, please. Okay, I'll talk to him. Don't worry. All right. Worry. Thanks, honey. All bye. right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com and check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Mm -hmm.